The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank all of you, you intentional spirits out there that engage yourself in active spirituality on taking action steps every day to make this world a better place. Um, I always like to say that um, to remind all of us, and including me, um, there's a big difference between people who are intentional and people who have good intentions. Um, Intentional spirit is an individual that, regardless of external circumstances or challenges or uh, certain fears that often get in the way, they continue to fulfill and live out their intentions uh, to be a difference maker, uh, to bring uh, their ideas, their thought processes, their illuminary consciousness to the planet. And I'm thrilled to have today as our guest, Amit Goswami. You will remember him um, in many different ways. And we started following him years ago when he was featured in What the Bleep, an extremely uh, dynamic individual that brings the, he makes quantum physics seem uh, so understandable to everyday people like some of us that have been baffled by it. It's very exciting because he is truly a quantum activist. Welcome to our show today, Amit. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Reverend Trumpel. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I always love to um, start out by uh, sharing with our audience because there, there are, are people that want to go a similar path as you. There are people that want to step out and be more into activism and, and making a difference, but they they tend to look at people like you and other people that we have on the show and sometimes even me, and they go, wow, you know, I have too many challenges. I have too many problems. Oh, I could never be like a myth. And, and not that anybody's trying to be like anybody, but you understand the purpose-driven life. I like to get a bit of the story um, did you always know that um, one day you were going to be a, a statement maker and simplify uh, quantum physics and have a center of, of quantum, quantum activism? Has this been something downloaded in you? What was your path like early on? With <laughs> <it>? <laughs> oh, well, uh, that's a question I can answer without any hesitation. I didn't know nothing for a long time. Um, I was just a um, 
wanted to know the world to some extent uh, in terms of scientific investigation. Uh, that I knew pretty early. I was um, uh, tutored a little bit by my father into spirituality, could not verify it um, very readily. Uh, it seemed too obscure, and I opted for science as a better way and um, did not question it until um, I felt a great amount of dissatisfaction with the way that my life was and completely detached uh, detachment of life and the way I made a living. In other words, I couldn't find any application of physics into the problems that really thwarted me, which is life problems. So I sort of had an experience in which the question came that uh, um, why do I live this way? Because I have a choice. I don't have to. And that started my journey towards uh, reclaiming uh, integration of my life and livelihood. And, uh, and then I went through um, various stages of insights, uh, several of them. And gradually, uh, you know, uh, this, so, so this is a very, very, very gradual development. I've been into like uh, 1973 was the initial awakening, and this is what, 2017. Oh, my God, I've been doing this for more than 40 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, was, it was something that, that happened in your life that, that opened the way uh, for you to pursue different avenues. I, I don't know if you are aware, but that's how Unity was founded in the late 1800s, was oh. because Myrtle Fillmore was told um, by everyone at that particular time that she had tuberculosis and um, that she would probably die by 40. We all kind of tell our version of it, but that's somewhere close to it. And um, she heard a, a speaker uh, tell about the, the value of affirmation and awareness. And uh, he said very clearly, you are a child of God, and therefore it is not necessary that you inherit disease. And so when she started working from that place of a different awareness, then she was healed, and therefore people wanted to know how she did it and how did it happen, and other people started asking for her prayer work and and the rest is history, so so we say. And I, I think that um, in working, you know, every day with people and, and hearing some of the things that people say on the show or in different speaking opportunities, I'm sure you hear it often that a lot of times people allow those misunderstood uh, tragedies to stop them, right? Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to matter I felt that I mattered. I used to ask my father all these questions, and I, I wasn't really getting a clear answer, but now I have this tremendous distraction. Oh, well, I guess I'm not meant to be that, or I guess that's not supposed to happen, where it, it often is misunderstood that that part that happens on a path like yours, Amit, really developed you uh, to go deeper and broader um, into what you came here to be. Exactly. I think so. I think that the movement of consciousness after it happens uh, can be evaluated but cannot be questioned. 
this is the path that it was and that for the good. And with that basic premise, I think that um, uh, at every stage we should always examine what is actually taking place, and that helps you to uh, set the course a little bit. But I always keep a very open mind because, you know, the way these synchronicities come and change the course of our life, we cannot predict. And that's part of the quantum lifestyle. Quantum physics, if, if, if it tells us anything that is of substantive, the very first thing that the listener should remember, quantum physics tells us that there is indeterministic. Life is not a determined thing. It's not a material machine which is indeed set in a determined course. So life has that fundamental uncertainty, and we have to allow that flow of uncertainty. We have to allow that creative um, uh, exploration of a life. And I think that was the basic message that came to me, that we don't have to live the way we don't want to. We can integrate our life. And often these integrations... Uh, are what uh, what we actually um, uh, engage in as a purpose of our life. Uh, my whole purpose was revealed in recognizing that I was already exploring truth, but without integrating it with love and other areas of my life. So um, uh, that message was very clear that I have to integrate uh, quantum physics with uh, love somehow, which is, um, you know, seemingly impossible from a scientific materialist point of view that I had at the time. Nevertheless, uh, I had no choice because that was what I got from the experience. I got to put life and livelihood together, <laughs> which is love and all this. So there was just just nothing we could, I could do. So before, um, kind of give us a, a, a perspective, um, because uh, the movie What the Bleak really put you in the, in the spotlight, if you will, um, and you know how I mean that. I mean with humility on a different platform or an expanded platform. Uh, were you uh, publicly known prior to the movie? I, I, I missed that. Could you repeat, please? Yes. Um, the the movie What the Bleep. Um, you were so recognized in that in that film. Uh, did it change you in any way um, after the film, or were you already known in your field? Um, um actually, you know. Um, the movie, um, yeah, I was already um, known in my field, and of course I wrote self Universe, which sold a lot of copies, and was certainly um, revolutionary in the sense of paradigm shifting. Yes. But you know, the, uh, this paradigm, quantum worldview, um, these things are still not accepted by the mainstream so much. So I cannot say that um, what the blip made any difference, but um, it did uh, make me respectable in the even in the mainstream because, you know, Americans have a habit, good or bad, have a habit of uh, praising fame. 
So for a couple of years, I was famous. I was I was recognized on the street, and that made a huge difference to my colleagues, at least in my physics department, where I still um, you know, had an office. I mean, it made huge difference. People people would come to me and and congratulate me, and the same colleagues, of course, uh, always looked the other way because they didn't like even my sight. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I, I understand that. And after the movie, what the bleep was uh, made, because it was such a success, so many uh, producers and filmmakers after that really tried to copy that success, and it just wasn't the same. It, it wasn't the same at all. It, it had, you know, it, they did some, but not to that, to that magnitude. It, it did awaken, a, a, just from people's comments to me, a, a lot of people that, didn't even think about being awakened, <laughs> which yeah, was a good thing. Right. But I'm with you. Um, I, I I see quantum physics uh, being mainstream and all the ideas of that, and just like we do with new thought. You know, it, it seems to us it's just it it's, it's the most ancient and the most common sense part of our reality, and yet so many people still don't seem to know about it. So. Yes, I'm, well, I'm with you. I want to remind our audience um, on Facebook Live to uh, list your questions, and we we have the good pleasure of having Amit Goswami um, on live with us today, and and we want to get his feedback. We're also going to be talking about his new book um, that probably is already a bestseller. It's only been out a few weeks, but it's called the Everything Answer Book. It's how quantum physics explains love, how it explains death, and then, of course, the magical thing that we that we call life. So, Amit, um, what what was your idea in writing this book? Was it um, something you just felt called to do, or? Was it situations that kept presenting themselves to you? Well, um, this book came about because a Japanese organization uh, felt that I had um, no book translated uh, yet in Japanese language, so they wanted uh, something of me. But uh, instead of translating one of my existing books, they felt that why don't I have a conversation with um, the owner of that organization, a businessman, and yet really a wonderful philosopher. Um, so I and he would have a dialogue for two whole days, um, long dialogue, and then that would be the basis of a book. So we did the dialogue. Dialogue came out very well. And uh, they did do a Japanese book exactly verbatim reproducing the dialogue. And the book did pretty well, I um, was told uh, later. Um, and then uh, I went to my American publisher and wanted to know if they would publish. Uh, they wanted to publish, but in a form that is more, um, that sells in America, they said, which is the usual prose format, not the dialogue format. So I had to rewrite the entire thing. So I, um, for the sake of completeness, I included some other interviews as well, but because the entire book was based on basically interviews, 
um, the language, the metaphors, the stories that are used are all um, just much simpler, much more alive, I thought. And so I'm very pleased with this book. I mean, I really think that this goes into the heart of what people's real concerns are. You know, people um, do not worry so much about uh, paradigm shifts in science, um, rightly or wrongly. I think they should a little bit more, but maybe it is just too, um, too much concerned with details which are not relevant to life. I respect that. And this book goes into the heart of what is relevant to life right away. Of course, scientists misses the point. Scientists feel that the uh, quantum physics that we discover studying micro objects like electrons and protons and quarks and stuff, that is just not relevant to the macro world. What they forget is that the macro world of experience consists of uh, material experience, which they value, and then it also consists of mental experience, feeling, thinking, and intuition. And what they forget is that evidence is abound, tremendous amount of evidence since ancient times that this, our experiences of feeling, thinking, and intuition is very quantum. Of course, the ancient people did not know the word quantum, so they could never verbalize things this way. But if you really understand and respect their writing and their experiences, there is no doubt that they were using a quantum language. So uh, this is why what you said is so important. People should respect the esoteric and ancient teachings. Instead, modern science has taken the view that everything before was just garbage because uh, people didn't know science and therefore their teachings possibly could not have relevance. This is the first thing that I absolutely eradicated from my own uh, mindset. My mindset, thanks to my father, um, was always uh, respectful to what ancient people did. I always respected teachers like Buddha and Jesus, and uh, that greatly contributed my uh, understanding of reality. As I tried to get deeper and deeper into quantum physics and eventually discovered the meaning of quantum physics, the interpretation of quantum physics, and uh, this is um, this comes alive, I think, in this book. Well, I, I definitely am looking forward in, in, in going further into it. Um, but I did want to highlight in reference to the you know last couple of statements that you just made that Ernest Holmes, the founder of the Science of Mind textbook, which you know is another part of the New Thought movement, uh, he said very clearly in there, uh, there will come a day when uh, religious and religion and science will walk hand in hand, and it, it's yeah. exciting. Those of us that read that, or that was written probably in the early, probably before 1950. I'm sure I, I would feel sure, but that we're seeing that in in so many ways. We're seeing it it merge, not re- religiosity as the same paradigm forever, forever, and not allowing any new to come in, not not re- religiosity in the traditional sense, but in, in the movement of true uh, true spirituality. Yeah. When you, yeah. right? I mean, uh-huh. it, it's so good to, so good to see. Um, when we look at 
the Everything Answer book, um, how is it that quantum physics helps us understand or embrace or um, respect uh, this word that we use so interchangeably called love? What quantum physics fundamentally says that is different from Newtonian physics and that is different from how we are taught about physics in schools, uh, even colleges to a bulk extent, um, which is that uh, all objects are quantum possibilities for consciousness to choose from. This fundamental message, if it was allowed to percolate and penetrate, the consciousness of our people and our society, especially the movers and shakers, psychers, including scientists, uh, that would uh, change the world. That would change how people behave, how people live, and um, it would be for the good. The reason is very simple. This view immediately says that we have um, waves, and when you choose, they become particles. Waves live in a domain called domain of potentiality, where there is oneness. There is only one thing. And this oneness we variously have called God before um, our awakening of our science. Now we call it quantum consciousness, completely objective, and nothing for people to worry about the uh, religious dogma entering this subject because this quantum oneness has been verified by experimental data in the laboratory. We, have, we don't have to use the word God if that bothers you. It's just a oneness of consciousness at a level where it is one. But that level remains unconscious in us. That's how we connect to the ideas of uh, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung. Uh, by the way, Jung also said that quantum physics and psychology will come together, just like Ernest Holmes. So, um, you know, people have been foreseeing this, and in my work it has come alive, and, and I'm just delighted about that. So, coming back, as soon as we have recognized that there, is, there are two domains of reality, one uh, domain of potentiality, which is oneness, and then domain of particles, which is separateness, we learn to respect both our oneness and our separateness. You know, this is the strange thing. The spiritual traditions, unfortunately, chose not to respect the separateness so much until scientists discovered the regularity of the uh, separate world, the regularity of the manifest world. And that was a mistake. But scientists are now making the same mistake. They are choosing to disregard the regularity in the world of potentiality. That also has enormous regularity because, after all, it is part of quantum science. How else could it be? Except you have to see that our thinking, feelings, and intuition come from quantum science. As soon as you have recognized that, you see the same quantum regularity, same quantum order in our experiences. And then we can take the quantum leap to proceed to these experiences beyond the conditioned way that we, are, we have a built-in capacity to experience them. These are the potentialities that come to us that Abraham Maslow, the great psychologist, uh, you know, he started the human potential movement because he recognized that intuition gives us potentialities. And with that potentialities, we can balance the conditioned uh, way that we live. 
me-centeredness and negative emotion, we can be positive and centered towards a deeper level of consciousness. So this knowledge was already there in psychology. Now quantum physics makes it scientific. Is this a very good um, uh, recognition and integration of science and spirituality? Yes, it is. And quicker we recognize that, quicker will be a better society. Healthier, <laughs> less less reactive. Um, when we when you're talking about um, the ideas of, of of oneness, not only the ideas of it, but the absolutism of it, the very nature of it. There's the oneness, and then that we can also acknowledge um, where things are separated. Um, are, are we talking there um, paradoxical? Are we talking absolute and relative? Or are we talking about that we have the ability to conceptualize oneness, embrace it? Uh, yes, we are also yes. separated. But at the same time, it's not separation. And I'm, I'm not um, trying to offer you a, 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 a stump question. Um, I'm wanting to just art, you know, articulate it and identify and, and make that total assessment with myself because we don't have you on the, uh, the air every day. So I wanted to really, I know we have some people very intrigued by what you're saying. And we have that ability, right? We, can, we, have, we, can... we have that ability. In okay. fact, you know, we even can proceed to manifest that ability of integrating our homo economicus, we call, yes. call the selfish me in economics, homo economicus, because Adam Smith's capitalism glamorizes this, how if we selfishly choose what you want to consume and what we want to produce, we can get a free-flowing, free-market capitalism which uh, thrives. And, of course, subsequent um, application of capitalism proved Adam Smith to some extent, although recently it seems to be breaking down. But I have written a book on it, how to straighten it out, and you can find the gist of the book, even in that Everything Answer book. So, you know, even in following the economical route, we can integrate this selfish me, homo economicus, with the homo communis, the community level of being where we do care whether the, uh, the, your business uh, venture will harm our um, ecosystem, where we do care if your um, business dealings will harm your neighbor, where we do care about not only my selfish interest in what I produce or what I consume, but also my community interest, my nation's interest, my world's interest. Mm, absolutely. And and for all of us to to be aware, well, first of all, let's let's get the book, you know, and you can get the book by going to amitgaswami.org. He is the leading edge quantum activist, um, helping bring into everyday language uh, metaphors and ideas which we can all embrace and understand. Go to his website, A-M-I-T. Uh, actually, it's Dr. Goswami. But he's, um, we're, for his website purposes, we're referring to his full name, Amit Goswami, A-M-I-T-G-O-S-W-A-M-I.org. Go to the website, and you definitely want to know more about the work that he does and continues to do. Um, you know, 
what I love about how you're explaining everything is that I, I find that, you know, often people make such platitude statements. Um, uh, for example, the other day on Facebook, someone was making a platitude statement and they were saying that new thought needs to be more active and more activism oriented and that it's just cliches and it's platitude and it's, you know, not really helping out there and everything. But if one could step back before writing such things, they would also see that that's a platitude type statement and that that's creating a sense of separation because that's simply not true. There are many of us that have spent our whole lives um, with these kind of teachings and principles about being cause-related, purpose-related, um, being aware of things for the world, you know, has certain cries for answers and, and those kind of things. So I love how you're defining it because isn't it with this, the, the quantum physics of the concept of love is that we get to a certain place where we can express so freely without it's still promoting a, a sense of separation from anything. I don't know if I'm explaining myself well. I'm, I'm attempting to. <laughs> With I this global I'd, I'd, professor, how am I doing? I'm giving it my best shot in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing quite well, Reverend. Um, let me tell you the quantum way of explaining love and why we should explore it. Um, yes. We have this oneness. But the spiritual traditions, because of the lack of the scientific background, did not get one thing right or did not emphasize that. I think they could anticipate everything because their intuition was perfect, but the expression um, was lacking. Um, So it never became clear uh, to many people that the oneness is a potentiality. We have to actualize that potentiality. So I have oneness with you. And But I actualize only when I interact with you. And I interact with you with respect, acknowledging you as you are, not my uh, opinion of you, but try to interact with the real you. When I do that, then I definitely uh, establish that unity connection with you. And that unity connection is the first step towards love. Fortunately, we have a built-in access to that. And this is very wonderful because everybody who has fallen into romantic love uh, knows that indeed in romantic love we can feel, um, unfortunately there is also another aspect of romantic love that um, dissuades us to uh, feel that way, but we can feel, and I certainly have, that this person is important to me and I could give my life for this person. I value this person so much. Why? Because this person is one with me. So romantic love is an entry point to that same oneness that we can initiate, that we can actualize with anybody by interacting with respect, with acknowledgement of the otherness of the other. Um, In romantic love, because it comes with such force also of the sexual kind, Uh, That, unfortunately, does not allow us so much to explore the otherness because, unfortunately, especially when we are young, sexuality um, uh, is a pleasure 
And so we can get lost in the pleasure aspect of it. And pleasure objectifies the other person. Then only when the pleasure aspect becomes a little jaded, because the brain molecules called endorphins become a little bit sparse when uh, we get jaded with one partner, then only we begin to wonder what happened to that um, feeling of oneness with this person that I really the that I really valued, but it got lost in my sexual pleasures, and now how can I find it? And that, uh, for some people, uh, leads to a commit, committed relationship that we call marriage, and then we try to find it again. And uh, if we explore it correctly, in quantum physics is showing the way, a creative exploration of unconditional love, we can find that same love once again, and this time with the right mindset, so we won't get lost in our sexuality. I love that. That's, that's very, very powerful. We're tuning in today, all of our live listeners, and um, welcome, um, my friend Elizabeth, and all of you that are tuning in. Really appreciate you, Liz, and for coming to our show and sharing it with other people. We're featured all over the world. We love your comments. We love that you enjoy the show. I, I really urge you to go to uh, Dr. Amit Goswami's website, and that is A-M-I-T-S-W-A-M-I dot org. He is the author of many books. We are talking about his more recent one today, The Everything Answer Book. But he has written many books. And I love the title of one, God is Not Dead. So I'm, I'm very much wanting to delve into that. And many other things. We're going to be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us. Come and visit me at templehays.com, also firstunity.org. And if you haven't gotten your copy of the Science of My magazine yet for June, um, there's a surprise on the cover that I think you would be very interested in. That's all I'm going to say for right now. But go and get your guide for spiritual living, the Science of Mind magazine. There's a surprise waiting for you right there. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you, everyone, for being with us and get your questions ready for when we come back because we have this great opportunity with Dr. Goswami. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you again for being with us. And we are talking to a quantum activist today, 
known all over the world for his work in quantum physics and through all the books that he has written. Um, I just loved his part on what the belief, and it, it changed some ideas for me and simplified some questions I had been asking myself uh, for quite for quite some time. Amit, I think that that is one thing that you highlighted that when we first started this show is that from the very beginning of your childhood, you started asking questions and pondering and being open. And you also have mentioned that again um, in a couple of things you referred to. And I, I think that's important for us to highlight to our listeners is the importance to to continue to be open, to continue to want to learn, to continue to explore. Um, I had a, a thought not long ago that, you know, often people tell you that when you are facing something to acknowledge it and accept it and then allow it. I, I'm sure you've heard that, right? Yeah. Um, and so I thought, I just thought, now what would it be like if I acknowledge something and then I allowed it. And then when I, <laughs> and then, right? And then when I accepted it, huh, I might have a whole new paradigm after all of that. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I, I do things like that and urge others to do the same, uh, because it, it makes us get out of this same old viewpoint or, 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 or becoming like, an automatic response, you know, but to delve into it and really put it in the front and turn the sentence around and, and explore it because it is fascinating how we shift. And when we do things like that, if I'm aligning with, and I know I am with what you're saying, we're, we're part of the evolution instead of the stagnation. Yes. And the evolution comes in uh, a surprising discontinuous change in our thought, which is called the creative thought, creative insight. And this creativity is what we call a quantum leap of creativity. You know, today the word quantum leap has become very common in public usage, but people often don't recognize that the uh, telling aspect of a quantum leap from an ordinary movement of thought is this discontinuity, the aha surprise that quantum leap in thought brings to us, and the surety, the assurance that this thought is relevant, this thought has truth value. That is the most important thing because that truth is what drives us towards making the changes of our life according to the insight that I got. You know, um, uh, like uh, you discover love. Um, I talked about that before the interruption. Uh, discovery of love, when it came to me, um, uh, you know, I was, I was um, already bothered by my lack of love and the way my uh, relationships were manipulative, uh, what also can be called transactional, what is in it for me, was the dominant um, motivation towards the relationship and my behavior. But all that gradually when I came to uh, be um, producing more and more of this prick of conscience. And uh, one day, to my surprise, complete surprise, 
as I stick to the idea of not trying to do it, you know, but never quite succeeding. There was still a transactional behavior will hang on. But I would not be discouraged. I'll just go on because I knew that transformation is absolutely essential. I must um, give up this behavior. And one day I just found that it's impossible. I cannot get into transactional behavior anymore. I lost that capacity. And it was a total surprise when that happened. So um, this is what creativity does to us. It gives an insight, and if we follow through that insight and try to change our life, we succeed. Our life, our um, life really changes, and that is what is called transformation. And this transformation really happens. I am a living proof of it, and so many others have been talking about transformation. All these eons and eons, we can really take that seriously. So much so that I'm actually going to start some transformational uh, schools of education because I think uh, transactional society is only taking us so far. It is giving us now um, enormous amount of social turmoil. We have, we have, um, you know, economic breakdown, and now there is a political breakdown. As anybody who reads a newspaper every day, there is a new sign of a breakdown. So what are we getting into? Unless we change the worldview, we'll be lost. So we better look at the quantum worldview and start integrating. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to hear you say you're going to start a transformational education. That That's wonderful. I definitely want to know more about that and explore how I could be part of that in some way. That just sounds beautiful. Um, congratulations on uh, taking that on. <laughs> we need it. We're, we're ready. Yeah. We're absolutely, we're absolutely ready. I, I know also some of our our listeners are intrigued by wanting to know about quantum physics and and how it shines light on this big word that so many people avoid called death. Yeah. So the how it changes uh, life, as I said, is depends on the creative exploration. So as soon as you get the idea that there are two domains of reality, then the second question, of course, is that the um, domain of actuality we experience, but domain of potentiality we do not experience. What does that mean? That means that it is unconscious in us. It, the domain is there within consciousness, but we are not aware in that domain. We become one with the domain, and in oneness there is no experience. Experience means the oneness has split into a subject and an object. Subject is our identity with our brain, and the object, of course, is the world that we see around us as separate from us. That separation has come from quantum measurement of the potentiality to convert it into an actuality. That is basic quantum physics lesson. That lesson is the one that you always have to remember. This experience that makes me separate. Before the experience, I was one in my unconscious. Then, of course, uh, the following strategy um, immediately reveals itself. I should not try to do everything with my separateness. Because however much I am awake in my separateness, still the separateness is never as potent as the wholeness, as the oneness. Therefore, I should always process my things 
as partly conscious, because in conscious, I can bring in my immediate concern into the picture. We can focus on it. That's why we have to do part of it in conscious. That's called preparation. And then we allow the rest of it to happen in the unconscious. We relax in our conscious awareness. We do other things. We enjoy our life, play our games, uh, do our relationship. We don't worry about the concern that I threw into the unconscious with all the ideas that I have, that I have prepared, that I have explored in my conscious being. Let the unconscious do it. You know, in old, old parlance, let God do it. You know, uh, the, the train is already moving. The unconscious is always moving and mingling and taking your ideas and churning and producing new ideas. Let the unconscious do all that. That's its job. Let's use it. And then that's, that's, um, that process has to be repeated. So do and be and do and be. You know, you remember that jingle, do be, do be, do. That's my motto. And that's the motto of creative process. And then comes the insight. We've already talked about that, the quantum leap, the aha surprise, the guarantee that this is going to produce change that I can, I can really live. And indeed, um, I go, go and continue trying to live that truth that I discovered. And then one day I find that, oh, my being has changed. I have manifested transformation. I'm changed now. I'm transformed. I'm no longer a transactional person. And that's the process. And anyone, anyone can do it. Today we have discovered the process before only geniuses and creative people could do it. But today no longer you have to say that, okay, only the one temple can do it, but I cannot do it. It's beyond me because I'm not religious. No, it's not like that. Everybody can do it. Today we understand the worldview. We understand the mechanism. And now it's only a question of do I want to change my negative way of living to a positive way? If you want to change to positivity, just do it. Just do it, because consciousness never dies. Yes. Actually, you know, I have a radio show going on, um, Glidewing uh, Incorporated. Look up Glidewing uh, in the Internet, and you will find a whole video course on science of enlightenment, quantum enlightenment that I'm offering right now, right this, um, right starts this weekend. So, um, yeah, so if you want to really get into the enlightened living using the quantum principles, uh, this course will give you a tremendous um, opportunity to do it. And it's, it's on your website, isn't it? Um, the details are on my website, yes. Yeah, all the details are on there. Um, yeah, we're getting so many great comments and um, from your work. But, yes, so take the time to go to amitgoswami.org, A-M-I-T, uh, Goswami, G-O-S-W-A-M-I.org. And we'll also put that in the, uh, in the comment section for those of you so you can just push the link. So, wow, I mean, it. It's so incredible uh, <laughs> how quickly our time goes, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it's, it's just that thing called time. But um, as we're kind of closing out our, our show, um, what is uh, something that you would like to uh, capture us with, with your ideas and your thoughts as a quantum activist? Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned quantum activism. So, 
Um, when you are enlightened, you know, this is the question that uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti, uh, enlightened teacher of very recent times, used to Love ask. So, yes. you, uh, so you, um, you now know the truth. Uh, quantum worldview, oneness, experimentally verified idea. You know how to activate the oneness in relationship. You know how to use the creative process, and you start getting transformed. Then what do you do with this transformation? This is your chance to do something that Gandhi used to say. You know, we all want to see some changes in society. People constantly ask me. Yesterday I was on a show and people asked me, uh, how do we change all this violence around us? How do we make the world peaceful? I said, this very question, if you just turn inward and ask yourself, how can I be peaceful and then you um, begin to uh, change the world to peacefulness. This is what a quantum activist does. Quantum activist begins the question not separating himself or herself from the world. It says, okay, so I am also part of the world. Why am I contributing to this violence? In what way? Can I change first? And then when I change, that force of my change it will come with such a conviction it will come with such a um, uh, energy that people will pick it up and and they will uh, uh, learn from me because I'm exemplifying what I'm preaching. Be the change that you want to see. This is our opportunity to do it. So, you know, right now, enormous opportunity because, you know, the political system is breaking down, democracy is breaking down. We can blame the other party. We can blame the leader, the elected president. No, the elected president is also us. So the question we can also reverse. We can say, what is in me that is causing, contributing to this breakdown of political system, a wonderful system that we have set up with such a wonderful constitution in America. What is it that is breaking down? If we ask that question inwardly, then I change first, and along with that, then I start changing the society, the politics of the times. Can we do it? We, do, we can do it. Gandhi showed it how to do it. Martin Luther King showed how to do it. Nelson Mandela showed how to do it. And we know how to do it. And we now have the creative process to guide us. So we have the oneness experiment to give us faith that this is correct. This is the way to look at the world, not the separatist way that some people are looking at the world because they are sort of like children. They don't know any better. And you have to see that. But they are not, they are not enemy. They are not them. And we are us. We are righteous. And they are bad people. No, it's not like that. It's the, it's the totality that we have to recognize. It's all us. What a pleasure it's been to have you on the show, sir. Dr. Amit Goswami, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for continuing the work that you're doing and being a difference maker and an intentional spirit in the world. God bless you, everyone, those of you listening. And thank you for sharing our show and doing all that you do because of you. We're featured all over the world, and we are so grateful. Many, many blessings, everyone. Practice your quantum activism, not only this week, but every day when we're all in conversations talking about why don't they do something. Let's turn it right back to when I'm doing something. Bless you, everyone. Thank you so much. And thank you, Jeff, for being a great station manager. God bless you.
Thank you, Reverend. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever stood by a railroad track when a fast train was approaching from a distance? As the train came nearer, the roar of the engine and the screech of the whistle seemed to rise in pitch and become louder. As it came alongside, it seemed larger than life and ready to engulf you. Then as the train passed by, the sound became lower in pitch and loudness until at last it was merely an echo in the distance. Just like that train, sometimes our experiences appear larger than life just before they pass us by. It seems they are going to engulf us, and then suddenly, they're gone. Perhaps you are in a larger-than-life situation right now. Changing your thoughts can result in positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God.
experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, Looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose? Join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts. 